Yo, what up, cappers? Uh, this is our second take trying to do this. We had a little bit of technical difficulty. Um, you will see on our Instagram, we tried going live and recording at the same time. Didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to, but you'll see the entire video. You'll be able to hear the first 30 minutes on our Instagram. So, yeah, we're we're sports guys, like we said. We don't we don't really know what we're doing as far as the uh, the technical aspect of things, because uh, I'm technically producing the show right now, and I have little to no computer experience. I basically know how to make like a Excel spreadsheet and to save files on like a flash drive. So that's my that's like the complete extent of me knowing how to do computer work. So if you're with us. If you guys share this podcast with friends, we'll grow quicker and we'll be able to get a legit producer too, which will improve the quality, which will help you guys. So share with friends, please. We really appreciate that. Exactly. Yeah, we definitely appreciate you guys doing this. I did mention in our live too, we switched platforms as of last week. So it's streaming onto a new one. The one you were previously subscribed to may or may not be up there. I believe it got deleted. So all you have to do is research our name again, and it'll pop right back up. You resubscribe, and then you're back rolling. And make sure you sign up for those notifications whenever we release an episode. We're going to try to hammer down an actual schedule. It'll probably most likely be Tuesdays and, uh, like, so recording Monday nights, posting Tuesday, and then recording Thursday nights will be the goal. But if we get onto a Friday, then it'll it'll be posted the next day. So, we appreciate you guys uh, hopping on that live with us. That was pretty fun. It was a little confusing for me trying to see which camera to look at and stuff, but we'll, we'll, we'll get better at it. I promise. So let's dive right back into it. We're going to do this for all the uh, non visual um, followers here for the people who weren't on the Instagram pointless debate of the week is going to start with uh, is birthday cake, the most overrated food of all time. Jaime hit us. So got to thinking this week, birthday cake. I really think it's got a shot to be, if not the most, one of the top five most overrated foods um, that are out there. So, and hear me out on this. So with cake, you're eating dessert. I'm, I don't think I've ever met someone that, that claims cake to be their favorite dessert. Dessert's such an easy thing to, to, to make, and it's cheap to make. You've got cookies, you've got ice cream, you've got pie, you have all these other options. And for birthdays, you end up with the shitty birthday cake. You, they, you go to Safeway, you pick up the, whatever, the white cake, the yellow cake with the white frosting. There's the yellow sprinkles. The yellow's disgusting. It's disgusting. Like just don't, don't do that. If you're a person that gets yellow cake, stop. You can be better. Yeah. It's an insult is what it is. You. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I'm out on the cake. I really want people not, you know, obviously for a wedding or something like that, that's great. But I think the birthday cake, we just need to do better. I, I if, if my choice is cake or nothing else, I'll take the cake, but we got options people. Yeah. Would you rather do like a bowl of fruit instead of cake? Well, let me tell you this. Here's, here's my personal strategy. When I'm at a party and there's going to be cake, I just skip the cake and I double down on the food. So yeah. like if I'm eating pizza and there's going to be cake later, my personal strategy is be like, well, shit, I'm just going to eat an extra three pieces of pizza because I know I won't be eating dessert. Yeah, it looks like little Jimmy is not getting more than one slice. I'm eating his share, you know. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're just uh, defaulting you to being the bad guy when it's their fault in the first place. Be better. Yeah, that's it. That you got to be better than that. Ice cream cake. I will give some credit. Ice cream cake is fire, and wedding cake can't can't go wrong with either of those. Those are the only cakes that are ever acceptable. If you bring anything else, get that trash out of here. Um, all right, let's dive right into MLB. There was a flurry of signings this week we got michael brantley we got the big dog george springer he was pretty much the biggest domino to go and then we also have kike hernandez just happened uh friday night went to the red Sox, and we had some trevor bauer updates and he is i think he's kind of increasing his his stock here by saying he wants to pitch every four days um we'll we'll talk about that logistically but let's go with the george springer one first george springer to the blue jays six years 150 million dollars i'm gonna let you talk on that and i'm gonna do the math on how much that is per year because i don't know go for so george george springer goes to the jays six years 150 million dollars he just finished his age 30 season so he's coming into his age 31 season uh i I'm, i'm gonna come out this is a strong take i might be wrong i hate this signing i think it's a terrible signing i don't understand the logic behind the Jays, I think it's a mistake. I think it's going to handicap them moving forward, and it's not going to move them closer to the goal. This doesn't. This move doesn't make their team better than the Yankees. It doesn't even make them close to the Yankees. Springer is the center fielder coming into his age 31 season. You don't see a lot of guys stick in center field past that age. So he's, he's probably, I'm anticipating he's going to have to move off of center field to a corner outfield position within the next couple of years. His, his career best war is 5.1, which is a great season. That's an all-star level, all-star level season. In that yeah. season, 1.2 of the war was defensive war. You're not going to get that if he's moving into left or right field, most, most likely. And it's, it's easily replaceable. So for the Jays, I just think, I also think he doesn't fit their timeline in terms of he's much older than the rest of their core. So theoretically, by the time their core is peaking, he's probably going to be coming out of his peak. To me, this reeks of a move where the Jays felt pressure. They felt like their fan base and the organization needed to make a splashy move that they needed to show their fans that they were committed to winning. And I think they panic signed George Springer. I could be wrong. There's there's other takes that you're going to hit on, and I'm sure T. Willie, but I don't love this for them. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, and to, more to your point, I, when we're looking at their – the rest of their roster, they've got a good like young core of guys. They've got uh, Bichette, and they've got uh, Vladdy, and they, they've got a good young roster. And I think he helps intangible-wise uh, with his experience as a vet. But, uh, yeah, like you said, paying $25 million a year for him is definitely not going to – he's not going to pan out as far as, as far as how much you're spending on him. So they are going to take a hit there. I think they're just going for more of the intangibles than the actual uh, – performance on the field which if you're going to be 25 mil for intangibles yeah if you're paying if you're paying 25 mil you probably should uh get the guy that's going to hit the 40 homers and steal the bases but i think he's past that point in his career it'll be interesting he ages right is he does he move to corner outfield and becomes a could he become a premium defender there and does he keep you know he's probably going to have he he already has issues with contact i know he's improved that but the regression for players like this is typically, you know, he's going to lose his speed in the next couple of years. Most likely the power should stick, but typically contact types to go. 
tends to go for someone who's struggled with contact for a large part of their career. Uh, I'll be interested to see, but I think this is one I'm going to go on record as saying, I think this is going to get, I think this is going to get real ugly, ugly. I think by year two, even by year two, maybe definitely by year three, this is going to be a, a total albatross on their, um, on their, on their, uh, on their, for sure. We'll see. Yeah. And I, I just pulled up their roster. Um, Nate Pearson, who, by the way, uh, hand up. I've never heard of this guy. Um, he he's their number two on their pitching rotation, and they've got Robbie Ray, uh, and then they've got a guy named Thomas Hatch, and then Ross Stripling or Tanner Roark, which are two guys you, that, the, right? that the Nationals toss. And Rue is their ace. Yes, Rue Rue is pretty good, but I mean, I think if you're going to be in the AL East where there's tons of other teams with bats all the way through their lineup. You're gonna need a better uh, you're gonna need a better rotation than what they're gonna be rolling out there. So, uh, yeah, like like we talked about, I, I don't know how much better this actually makes their team. I don't feel good taking that rotation into a playoff series against no. some of the big the big powers. So yeah, if you got to run Robbie Ray against someone else's number two, then you're in trouble. Yeah, well, but only time will tell, right? Uh, we, we got um, Brantley. Brantley, which was some interesting news. Okay, so Michael Brantley, uh, this was quite the interesting story. Hazel May took her shot and missed. She tried to break news um, that Michael Brantley had also gone to the Blue Jays. This is around 10.10 in the morning our time, and then around 11.50 they went back on it saying, wait a minute, he's actually – they're actually uh, – Still in talks, you know, nothing's official yet. We're pulling that take down. And then at about 2.45 in the afternoon, said that he had signed with the Astros. Uh, like, being in Hazel May's situation, I, I for, for me, just knowing, like, I couldn't even imagine the thrill of trying to break news in the first place and, like, putting yourself out there and saying, like, hey, I like it, it's got to be just an absolute rush saying that, like, hey, I figured this out first and – here it is, you know, here's some big news. This guy just went to a new team and then realizing you're wrong, like not even an hour later would just be one of the worst feelings. <laughs> but anyways, um, so the, uh, tell, tell us what happened. Uh, was it Passan that tweeted that she was basically like just way off? Yeah. So resident uh, bomb dropper newsbreaker basically he's he's the he's the woge for baseball jeff passan um by by the way this is not in any way related to what we're talking about jeff passan's one of the weirdest looking dudes i've ever seen i don't know if it's a hair like there's not there's not many people that have bigger ears than i do but like I'm, it's good that he's good at journalism but anyways jeff passan he basically just flexed on Hazel May pretty much right after she tweeted that. He just tweeted that nope, that's that's not that's not right. I'm still the king. Good good try. Good try. I see your I see your guided missile. Okay. Technical difficulties. Give us one second. So right after that, basically passing, you know, to get, to get into the heart of it, Hazel May tweets that and pretty much right after passing, just, you know, shushes her essentially and says, no, 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 I'm still the King. I still got this. That's, that's incorrect. So, you know, uh, for Hazel May, I mean, 
I got a lot of respect for her shooting her shot. It didn't work out the way she'd hoped. She probably got to lay low for a little bit uh, in the words of brick. Uh, I don't know. So lay low, you know, regroup, lick your wounds a little bit. Maybe, maybe do some uh, self-reflection about what happened, how you got this wrong. Uh, Jeff passing you and your weird hair and ears. You, you still get to come on ESPN. You still get to be like the shitty Woj. And then uh, yeah, maybe next off season, Hazel May comes back, but for the Astros, I mean, I like that signing. Brantley's a Brantley. He might be the most, or he's definitely one of the most underrated players in baseball. Just super solid uh, contributes in all aspects of the game. So good, good signing for the Astros. Yeah. Right. It kind of uh, dampened the signing of Brantley because he is a great player and it was more about Hazel May just whiffing than anything. Uh, I like yeah. your brick reference. I'm going to double down on it with a Borat reference. And you'll never get this. I'm still the king. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and then we've got uh, Kike. Kike with the Red Sox. Two years, 14 mil. Um, seems like a decent signing. Uh, not that it really, again, it doesn't really impact. You're probably still in fourth place at the end of the season, whether you have Kike or whether you don't. But. It's, I mean, he's def, it's one of those teams that I can definitely see KK fitting into really well. Uh, and being that yeah, utility nice, guy that nice he is. For the Sox. Yeah, he, he brings some good value as far as being able to play any position they need him to. And yep. he's, he's good on both sides in the, in the field, speed, and he's got some power. He's, he's a good role player that uh, he helps any bad team, honestly, because the, the bad teams need somebody at, at any position because it if there's like good starter goes down let's say they lose like a big time guy then he he's gonna fill in really nicely at whatever position they need him to so i I like that by the red Sox. it's a good uh good managerial move the gm can point back to that one and be like see look i like i got kike and we never really missed a step when um let's say bogarts or uh who's the third baseman let's say he got hurt like devers yeah yeah rafael devers let's say he got hurt you're not really missing too much if you've got kike out there and who can fill in for a guy like that so i like that so for, him. It's I, a good thing. for sure i'm I, that, that's a great point too willie and i think uh my takeaway from this too i i, I kind of went off earlier on springer and how i feel like that splashy move i mentioned in the live i mentioned rendon and you know how they just these guys are great players but they don't they're not going to impact the team that much you know, if you uh, a, a six war player is a is a is an amazing player, and a, a two war player is you know just a, a starter basically. So that, that you you upgrade from like best in the league over starter, and you only gain four wins. That's one of the things that's tough about baseball is the position players just don't have they don't really have that much impact. They have impact, but it's not it's not the same as you have like. Tom Brady goes from to a seven to nine team and all of a sudden they win 10, 11 games. LeBron James goes to a team and they win 50, 60 games from 20. So to your point, I think these signings like Kike Hernandez, you get him. He's got a lot of veteran experience and the positional versatility, right? So he's a guy that you're going to be able to um, plug in the lineup. You're going to be able to rest other guys. You're going to be able to kind of salve over the wounds of a temp of a temporary injury. That's a signing that isn't sexy, but I think that actually goes, that's a good signing. It's good value. I, for the Red Sox, I don't know that they're in a position to really make use of it, um, just given where they're at in the division. But but those are the type of types of moves I think that that go under the radar a little bit in the baseball offseason, but can make or break a make or break a season for especially for a contending team. So good move for the Red Sox. 
Uh, I still hate you guys. I hope the Yankees beat you 18 times. Um, but, you know, whatever. If we don't say that, then we're, we're just not true Yanks fans. So we, that's just got to get thrown in there as soon as that. So good luck, Red Sox. You'll still be in fourth at the end of it all. But um, good good signing, though, truly. Uh, let's get on to the NFL, though. I, I want to talk about the NFL. We've got we've got a legend leaving us. We've got Phil Rivers leaving us. But I want to talk before we – because we're going to have a little longer segment on Phil because he deserves every bit of it. Absolute legend. Dwayne Haskins proving all the haters wrong, including us, uh, just got signed by the Steelers. Um, that was quick. I wasn't really ready for that. Uh, if you're a Steelers fan, that's got to drive you crazy, right? I mean, they thought they were probably going to go out and get like Watson or like, I mean, I wouldn't want Wentz either, but I would rather have like a Trubisky. I'd rather have Wentz. I'd rather have Wentz or Trubisky for sure. Yeah, Haskins is a clown, man. He's he's a clown. He doesn't have the – I don't think he's good enough as a football player, and he doesn't have the makeup. When you look at guys that are – when you look at guys that are successful NFL quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Phil Rivers. Russ. These are guys – yeah, Russell Wilson. These are guys that are committed to the craft, right? And I think that's what you – especially – in this day go 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 you say committed to the craft he's more committed to that ass isn't he (laughs) (laughs) if listen maybe the Steelers know something we don't know maybe Steel City is like I like buns of steel like that ass he's gonna be highly motivated (laughs) maybe they're gonna maybe they're Maybe they're going to have strippers in the quarterback room and that that's the game plan to get Dwayne Haskins ready to, you know, ready to focus. He'll be, he'll be there early, get the lap dance and then doing a little, little film review. They could, they could splice in just like some, some twerking. If you just keep him there uh, all night, like film review. Yeah. Yeah, Just get him him set up at the stadium. Right. Just say, dude, just don't leave. We'll bring, we'll bring the trouble to you. For sure. That, that could be the angle, but just get him out of there, man. Like I do, we need to, I, I, I mean, I'm all about people getting second chances, but like this dude doesn't have it and, I, and not even I, physically. I don't think he has it, but he's not there mentally. This, this isn't something that, like we said before, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, you know, in any of these quarterbacks do. So whatever, maybe he's, I, I don't, is the plan, is he going to be the backup or he's, I guess. he's just depth? Like what's, yeah, I'd, I think I think you're whatever. better off with Randolph, anyways, Rudolph. But um, yeah, that's a tough one. But um, let's let's yeah. get on to what really matters. Uh, Phil Rivers just announced his retirement. Uh, man, I I just went and pulled up his stats as soon as I heard it, just because I mean I love seeing seeing what they do throughout their career. He finished. Uh, so one thing I wanted to note here, his career basically started when he was 25. So his first two years in the league, he didn't really get to play at all. I think he was behind breeze for those first two years. And then, so he only played one, two, three, uh, so 14 seasons essentially as the starter. And he's up there in, in a lot of these numbers and he had some seriously great, great seasons. Um, when I, like the first thing I think of when I hear Phil Rivers is down by less than a score, 
working their way in a comeback, like in the afternoon games after you've just watched like nine straight NFL games. Yep. And he's driving, and it's going to be some kind of hilarious fashion in how this game ends up, whether they win or lose, or he starts yelling at the other team, or he's yelling at his own guys or the refs. He's just always out there yelling, wreaking havoc. Gosh darn it, mother trucker. Yeah, freaking horse mess, that stupid fricker. <laughs> um, yeah, just, just an all-around, like, awesome dude to root for. And he never really brought it home. The furthest he ever made it was the AFC Championship. But just overall, like, an incredible career, 63,000 yards. Um, threw a lot of picks, but, I mean – any guy who's who's known as a gunslinger is going to. I mean, he was he's always known as being the guy that's never scared to fire it down the field when they needed him to. And that's all you can really ask for from a guy, especially from a team that I don't think they were ever expecting, like, hey, this is our year. You know, they, they were never saying like they like if we're like it's Super Bowl or bust. They were always like, if we make it, that's great. But we know we kind they kind of knew what they had in him. They have a very very good quarterback and not a like legend i mean he's a legend as a person but legend on the field i I wouldn't put him in that category but uh when we're looking at the class of the like who was on in this draft class roethlisberger and manning i think he's the best out of those two right yeah uh even though he didn't win two super bowls like you're saying you're saying over roethlisberger yeah oh I don't know, man. That's I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll take him over Manning for sure, but I, I think that's a debate with Roethlisberger. I think I think you're higher on Phil Rivers than I am. I mean, I I, I said it. I was having this discussion earlier this week with uh, at work, and <clears throat> I think he was a very good quarterback. Uh-huh. I, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. I think he was very good. That's that's as much as I'll say for him. I. I think like I'll push back on that idea that they never had teams like some of those charger teams when they had Gates and LT. I mean, they, I think they, I think they had a season, they went 14 and two. So he had, that was his, that was his first season as a starter. Okay. So, I mean, he's young, like he's, he's, uh, that that's tough to expect him in, in that case, but they still had, I mean, they went to the playoffs, what, six times? I think he went six or seven times. So, yeah, they had playoff runs. Um, it's it's tough. Like, he 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 also, too. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. To answer your question, I don't know that I would take him over Roethlisberger. I think I think for me, I would take I would take Big Ben, even as much as I hate Big Ben, um, just because of what he was able to accomplish. I also think, too, like, statistically – Big Ben's going to have a ton of a ton of uh, touchdowns and passing yards. So so here's the thing with Phil Rivers, right? He's going to be this era of quarterbacks is going to be very interesting in how we evaluate them because the game of football has evolved so much that all these guys. Matthew Stafford. I mean, Matthew Stafford and Matt, Matthew Stafford's going to hold if he stays healthy and keeps playing, he's going to hold every passing record by the time he finishes, I mean, pretty much Matt, Matthew Stafford. So I think you're going to have to really, we're going to have to decide how we, how we evaluate and how we value these guys stats for me. And I, this is a debate I was having. I, when I evaluate a guy's career, I'm looking in three, I have like three categories. So one is their longevity and just the stats they acquired. Phil rivers is at the top of the list in regards to that, right? 
tremendous longevity, super, super tough guy. Had the, had the Iron Man streak for sure. Uh, and his stats are undeniable, right? He's what fifth all time in, in uh, touchdowns, fifth, fifth in passing yards too, I think. Or, yeah. Yeah. He's, I think he's fifth in passing yards. So, so he's, he's got that box check. To me, the second one is like intangibles, winning, like what they meant to the franchise, all that stuff. That glaring hole for him, just in terms of, you know, not winning a Super Bowl, never having played in a Super Bowl. That's that's tough. And then the third one, and this is maybe the biggest one for me, is I think they're how they compared to their peers. And for Phil Rivers, I don't think he's ever been a top three quarterback in the NFL. And right. I think maybe there's been a couple years when he's been top five, but he. But he's always been below Rodgers, below Manning, below Brady, below Breeze. And that's tough because those are four of the best quarterbacks. Those are all top 10, maybe top five quarterbacks of all time. So maybe I'm 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 not uh, cutting him enough slack here. Uh, but I think I, I guess I view Rivers as a guy who put up huge numbers in an era that was conducive to him putting up huge numbers. And I think he was very good, but uh you know, ultimately didn't get it done and was I think he had two all pro appearances in his career so i you know the, the guy's got nine kids so he's he's accomplished a lot yeah take exactly. take nothing away that, that might be one of the most important stats he's got there anytime you can have nine kids you're you uh yeah so i i don't see what, what do you think about that i mean where do you put him obviously his counting stats are are, are legendary they're all they're all time but do you do you kind of weight those a little less heavily given the era he played in and the numbers that some of his peers are going to put up and have put up and are going to finish with. Yeah. Especially when like you go back and look at his big years, uh, as far as like touchdowns, completions, yards, they were all in seasons where they weren't very good. So kind of what that tells me just like from, from memory with the year, they were four and 12 and 20, um, or five and 11 in 2016. He had a ton of yards, ton of completions, ton of touchdowns, but those were all so like when they're five and 11, that means he's just throwing the entire game and they're he's just piling up stats in it's all the those Stafford games. Thing. They're trailing right. in the second half, firing the ball all over the field. But th- these are these are perfect guys to look for fantasy wise, though. If you're yes, if we're talking yes. fantasy football, this guy was huge in fantasy in 2015. He threw 661 passes like wow. your arms got to like that was that was pretty much the year where. After that, he he no longer had an arm. Like you know, like he threw his arm off that year. But as a fantasy owner, that's that's the guy you want. So that way you can stack the rest of your team and snag this dude in like the tenth, eleventh round. And ultimately, like, because he's also he's not that kind of guy that if they're five and eleven or five and nine down the stretch, he's not gonna give up and just no, sit this game no. out. He's gonna keep on fire and throw for four hundred yards in the week you need him the most. So ultimate fantasy football legend we got to mention that as a yep. starter i mean he was 134 and 106 so that i mean he overall he was pretty good that's good he, yeah he he had a bunch of years where he was hovering right in the middle nine and seven eight and eight seven and nine and just kind of jumped back and forth with that like multiple times and then had a couple breakout years where he though it was surprisingly it was the years where he didn't throw nearly as much when they were 12 and four and last year he threw a lot, uh, 543 attempts. Um, and they were a good balanced team. You know, we, we mentioned that a couple times, but yeah, he's like, if there was a hall of very good, he would, he'd be the first guy in there, but 
unfortunately he, it's hall of fame you know he's a do you so do you not have him as a hall of famer then he will be i think um but it won't be like a first ballot hall of famer it won't be a, a guaranteed thing uh i, right I so, so i said the same thing earlier this week he's a hall of famer but he's not a first he's he's in like the back corner of the hall of fame he's not He's not yeah, in like he, one of the premier exhibits. Exactly. You still let him in, you know, good guy. Uh, he meant a lot for his city, you know, um, just ultimately wasn't, wasn't like ever at an elite level. Like it, I mean, you can't even pick out a year where he was technically in his prime, you know, like he, he yeah. just kind of was very steadily above average. He was very good. Usually trailing in every single game so he had to throw all the time in the fourth quarter so that, that that really helped him bolster his stats like we'll see the same thing with matthew stafford you know like they're always yeah. losing so they're always passing yep um yep. let's let that take us to our next segment here we have top 10 all-time qbs this is going to be our first like top 10 list do you want to start from the bottom or the top because i mean we're both kind of like similar at the bottom and the top of this thing, but we're where we vary is in the middle. So it, it's really up to you where you want to start with this thing. Heim. Yeah. Um, I think we can start. I think let's start from the top. I think that makes the most sense. Let's go. All right. So unanimous number one, and we're basing this off of if, if these guys are in their prime and you have one season to try and win it all, and let's say it's like a a new like inaugural draft and you have the first overall pick and obviously you're taking a quarterback if you're trying to win it all your first year when everyone's starting fresh and it's any quarterback of any generation in their prime uh we both have number 1 Tom Brady and i i feel like that's just a no brainer you know like you could, I would, the debate still stands for Tom Brady as he's in his forties. So <laughs> let's just yeah. give him the crown as the goat and say, he is, he is ultimately the best to ever do it. Especially when he was in his prime, he was something else to watch easy to hate, but also easy to love. If, especially if you're a uh, new England fan, cause he was, he's always been incredible. He's still got it right now. Uh, number two, we both split here. I have, Aaron Rodgers, and you have Joe Montana. Care to elaborate? Well, I kind of uh, – I may have used a different criteria in compiling my list, so I was going to add it as just my list of 10 greatest quarterbacks in terms of, like, what they achieved, more so than maybe one season, what you – what uh, – who you think uh, could help you win or take you to the title. But for Montana, I mean, he's a guy, obviously we were not old enough to have seen him to seen him play. Uh, he retired when we were like three years old, but in watching highlights and listen to him, he, he was kind of Brady before, before there was Brady, right? He wasn't yep. necessarily the most, the biggest, the fastest. He didn't have a super strong arm, um, but the dude was super clutch. He was in a great, and just like Brady, he was in a great situation with the Niners. They were, they were loaded. Um, you know, he, he pioneered him and Bill Walsh, kind of the West coast offense. But for, for me with, with Montana, I think the, he's got the stats and he's got the winning. He's got the pedigree. And then also kind of, again, page out of Brady's book went to the chiefs at the end of his career when people thought he was washed and took him to an AFC title game as well. So, 
Yeah, I got I got Montana number two in terms of uh you know best best all time quarterbacks. Okay, so yeah, that's that's probably why our, our list varies a little bit towards the middle of it. Um, yeah, so are you gonna throw Mahomes in here if we we're going with with my criteria? So you're saying I, I'm gonna draft a quarterback and I'm trying to win a Super Bowl this year? Yes, and they're all everyone's available from every generation. Everybody's available from every generation. Um, yeah, Mahomes is gonna be on that list. Yeah, for sure. I, I got him at number three. I mean, that's a that's a tight three between Brady, Rodgers, and Mahomes. But since I've seen more of Brady and Rodgers, I'm going with those two first. But Mahomes, this is like 1A, 1B, 1C, basically. Uh, I mean, all these guys are just awesome. I think Mahomes is going to be the best to ever do it when it's all said and done. And once he's retired, but for right now, I'm sticking with those top three. So so let me do – because I think this might get a little convoluted with, with the list since we did them in – like kind of kind of on different premises which are with which are both good what do you think let me ask you a hypothetical that that because what the thing that i find interesting about the quarterbacks and this is so this is one thing baseball has going for it is the stats in baseball especially offensively are relatively similar over the past hundred years so you can you can kind of compare players amongst ears in football it's like the total opposite so right i mean when i was researching this john elway has like pretty shitty stats honestly like compared to modern quarterbacks yeah um even though he you know he he's regarded as a legend five super bowls the two wins new uh tons of comebacks so so my question for you t willie is patrick mahomes you said you think he's going to be the greatest of all time let's play fast forward let's assume mahomes plays until he's 40 let's say he wins three super bowls okay and he holds he has the most passing yards, the most passing touchdowns in NFL history at the end of that. Is that, is that going to be enough to bring him over? Do you put him past Brady at that point? If he's got three, three, um, but he has the, he's the leader in yards. He's the leader in touchdowns. Cause I think if he stays healthy and that's what makes it tough is he he's going to right? like, if he plays his whole career under this system where DBs can't touch the guys, the quarterbacks are, are protected. The pace of. Yeah. So the yeah, and he's got the perfect like coach that helps him like run all this stuff too. Let's say he wins four. He wins four Super Bowls. I think four for sure. Maybe if he's got like half as as many as Brady does, then I mean, and we still don't know how many more how many more Brady's gonna win, honestly. So <laughs> I and also preemptively, I want to remove the bet because I'm I'm sick and tired of betting against Tom Brady. So I'm gonna ride with you this week on the Bucks. <laughs> I'm I'm out like on it. I'm out on the Packers. I'm going Bucks again. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard the pirate ship. We are yes we are excited to have you. I still might go out and stand on a corner just for some laughs and chuckles someday with a TB12 on and try to get some honks for Brady, um, <laughs> just to honor our bet. But yeah, I'm I'm going with him this weekend. But back to where we were talking. I think if Mahomes has the most yards, most touchdowns, and he's in the top of almost every category, yes. I mean, just because, I mean, you, it's it's the recency bias thing, you know, where, where yeah, we see yeah. the most of this guy and we can we watch his entire career as and, – and now we're even more devoted fans than we were as kids too. I mean, I, I still remember Tom Brady like yesterday driving against like the Colts and against yep. the yep. – like beating the Broncos and 
just running through the AFC year after year. I still recall pretty much all of that. And let's, let's also remember he did have an incredible team built around him as well, but so does, so does Mahomes, And, and that's, that's how you even put these guys in the conversation in the first place. So I, I feel like I, if, if Mahomes doesn't win as many and he still passes him in, in, in all the categories, it, I mean, that's why we get to debate it. Right. That's why it's yeah. so much fun yeah. to get to talk about. Cause we, we are going to be biased a little bit in, in who we're watching. And if we like the team a little bit more than another team and we enjoy seeing this guy and we like their personality over, over certain things, there's so many different factors into it, but I, I think those factors actually do win me over for Mahomes as opposed to Brady. So I, I, yeah. I do like, I do like Mahomes in that. Um, well, so I guess we'll, we'll put a pause on this top 10 since we've, <laughs> we got the criteria two different two different types of criteria going back and forth here but um i'll, I'll just rattle mine off if, if we want to just because yeah, yeah, i'll rattle my top 10 guys off in their prime to win it all first overall pick i'm going brady rogers mahomes peyton manning not eli uh, i took montana fifth and i went with a surprise pick here kurt warner because when he was when he was the greatest show on turf man he was he was incredible uh a lot of it had to do with his receivers and the style of play they were doing but kurt warner was something else when he was in his prime it was a smaller window than a lot of these other greats but still very good i went drew Brees next dan marino john elway and Favre is number 10 and if i were to remove elway and throw like a another one that i remember as a kid i would throw if I'm picking him in his prime, I'd go Dante Culpepper, uh, just because he was he was like the first of his kind, like the big. He he still is the first of his kind, you know, like the big giant scrambler that had an absolute hose, and he was extremely fun to watch. And that was the first time I ever played fantasy football when I was a little kid, and yes. I picked him and every like first overall pick, and everyone kind of thought I was like. I mean, I was the little kid of the group. I was in my dad's fantasy football league and I just smoked these guys because he had like the greatest fantasy football season of all time. So I got to throw it back to Culpepper and he's my number nine. So let me, (laughs) let me give you guys my, uh, so my Dante Culpepper memory for those of you guys, if you guys played uh, the blitz NFL blitz growing up. Yeah. So NFL blitz, like, 2000 probably i don't even know the it, it had to be a 90s blitz yeah like 99 nfl blitz right so culpepper like strongest arm in the game and then you had chris carter and randy moss and i would just run like eight-year-old me would just run the play was literally called da bomb the and bomb. Just, yep yeah chris carter and randy moss would just do goes and i would bomb it to them every time and it was the, and it was the best too because you could you remember you could like punch the DB, like you could basically just like tackle the DB with the receiver and oh, then yeah. they'd release and go. And I just like a seven-year-old me, eight-year-old me thought I was so sick because I threw for like 700 yards and yep. Chris Carter had like eight touchdowns and Randy Moss had like seven. So Dante <laughs> Culpepper, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're doing. Um, You, you brought a lot of a uh, lot of love and happiness into the, into this little kid's life. Yes, for sure. I, I recall that too. I was actually the Titans with McNair and I would oh, I pretty much run the exact same play and do what you were saying, which was and with Eddie George in the backfield. And yep. that was fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
good yeah, times going out. back was, to that. That was a uh, that was awesome for sure. Well, I'll give you guys my top ten. This is this is top ten greatest. Um, so I went Brady, Montana, Peyton Manning, Johnny Unitas, Dan Marino, Bart Starr, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, John Elway, and then Brett Favre. Um, again, I think this is a uh, this is really interesting to me, and I'll, I'll pose a philosophical because Tila, you know, I love the uh, the the pointless sports debates that we can't really answer because I because I think I was having this discussion with a coworker this week. Uh, shout out Hunter, you are wrong. Philip Rivers is not a top fifteen quarterback. Uh, I still love you, but but you're wrong. So take the L. Um, but so you're, you're witnessing something. So, uh, all time wins leaders in major league baseball, Cy in order, Cy Young, Walter Johnson, Pete Alexander, Christy Mathewson, Pud Galvin, Warren Spahn, Kid Nichols. And then we get Greg Maddox, Roger Clemens, Tim Keefe, Star- Steve Carlton, John Clarkson, Eddie Plank, Nolan Ryan, Don Sutton. That's the top 15. So to me, I view the, 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 passing yardage touchdowns i think those stats are very similar to wins for starting pitchers in baseball where there's obviously names on that list like cy young and walter johnson are all-time pitchers but i don't Mm -hmm. think that they're better than greg maddox or roger clemens because they won more games because the game the game was so different so i think it's really hard right they would start 60 games yeah so some of these guys like bart Starr or otto graham or fran tarkenton that played I think we have to, I have to wait. I'm going to wait their stats differently because if they played in this era, their stats would be much different. And if Pat Mahomes played in that era, it'd be very different. So that's where I think it gets so, it's so important. And I'm huge on comparing them to their peers. So that doesn't really prove a point. And I don't know why I just ranted about that, but I loved it though. It's something for you guys to think about. Yep. Something to think about. Yeah. If you guys are ever just bored staring at your ceiling, just think about this, you know, and you'll, you'll be able to pass the time a little sooner. Yes. All right. We got weekend matchups, loving these matchups. It's coming down to the final, what is this? The final three games of the season, which is sad, but it's cool to see. I mean, basically this is the four best quarterbacks in the league right now going at it this weekend. So very also, cool to real, see that. Real quick, uh, shout out to rally caps on, uh, remember when I said my theory was just look at the quarterbacks and that'll give you a really good idea. Here we are. Four best, four best quarterbacks are the final four teams. Parody football guys. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I know. Right. I, I feel like people will try to, uh, especially if you're betting on like futures, you're trying to be like, Oh, like these guys have good odds. Or like, like I was trying to hammer the Rams when in all realisticness, they're not going to be there. Like, I mean, they, they could have. I mean, the, the Rams, I, I think we both felt like the Rams were the team that could. So when we did the stats of like 10 episodes back, right, we said we said that there's like a, what, a 15, 20 percent, 20 percent of the time a team wins a Super Bowl with without a Hall of Fame quarterback. So it happens. It's just exceedingly rare. I feel like the Rams have the recipe to be that team. Uh mm-hmm. You know, if Cup's healthy, if Donald's healthy, it's, so I don't, I don't think you we were necessarily wrong on the Rams. It's just again, eighty percent of the time, the team that wins the Super Bowl has a Hall of Famer at quarterback. So, I mean, eight out of ten—that's it's a big, right? That's a big number. Exactly. Yeah, you got yourself a good point there. And for next season, I'm not going to be so dumb and try to take all the underdogs without quarterbacks. 
<laughs> I was I was huge on Alex Smith though. If he would have played, I think uh, I think their chances would have been better. Even though Heineke played his butt off, but well, uh, and and I think the key with the futures is you got to get the Josh Allen, right? The guy who wasn't you, yeah. an elite an elite quarterback coming into the season, and he's now moved into that level. So if you can, if you have an eye out, that that would be almost the exception to the rule, right? A, a, a team that has a quarterback that you're expecting to move into that upper echelon of elite level quarterbacks, exactly. All right, so let's talk about this Bills-Chiefs game right now. We've got um, the current line is at three, so basically just home field advantage. They're they're basically matching these teams up very, very evenly, especially uh, since today they finally announced that Mahomes is actually going to be playing, and he is quote-unquote healthy. But, uh, I mean, we saw last week that he was very banged up, uh, especially once he got kind of yanked by his neck. That was – that did not look like he was in in the right mind. And, I mean, who knows? It's, it's been a week since then. But, yeah, I mean, we, we, there's definitely – there's still a question mark there, whether or not they're saying that he's going, going to go and whether he's healthy. It, we're going to have to see in the first quarter whether – whether how like how good he looks or not. Because if he's out there and you could tell he's gimping around and he's, uh, he's stiff and not moving as much, then, I, in my opinion, I think Buffalo – they don't have a single injury that they reported in this game. So they are 100% healthy and ready to go. And their defense looked great last week, it being able to adapt to, especially because we're all, I was, I was hammering the fact that Buffalo had no run defense. They weren't going to be able to stop Lamar and they made that adjustment and made yep. him pass and made him yep. try to move it throughout the pocket and not let him get past the line of scrimmage. So they, they did a great job of adjusting and not letting their their tendencies make up exactly who they are as a team. So, and if if they now know that Mahomes is not going to be running a lot, he's not going to be like slinging it as he usually is, then they can kind of adjust their defense to do so and to put more pressure on him and make him get rid of the ball even sooner than he wants to cuz he's he's definitely the kind of guy that loves to hang onto the ball, scramble around a little bit, let his guys get open and and hit his extremely, extremely good weapons once he's created some space for them. So if, if he's not able to do that, I'm really liking Buffalo this weekend. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm taking the bills here, man. I, I've been on the bandwagon now. I'm, I'm making my way to the front of the bills bus. I'm not quite riding shotgun yet, but uh, I like the bills. I'll take the points. Um, so, and I think we mentioned this. I just want to, I just want to toot my own horn a little bit. Stefania Bell, resident PT injury expert for ESPN. I'm coming for your job. You heard it here first on Rally Caps On that I thought Mahomes had a turf toe injury. Uh, we saw the tape, we assessed it and he does. So that's going to impact the run game for sure. And, and part of what makes Pat Mahomes special is not necessarily that he's going to be scrambling all day, although they do do that a lot, but his mobility and you got to, for, for those of you guys too, like, I think, I think we talked about this before, but I think it's important when you hear a turf toe, a lot of people are like, God, like, what's the big deal? It's your toe. So just as a physical there, turf toe is one of the turf toe is one of the most painful athletic injuries you can have, because it means anytime you need to cut, run, jump, or otherwise do athletic things, you're going to have excruciating pain toe and you can't push off. So he's going to be 
he's going to be limited in that regard. And we don't know to your point about the concussion. Is he going to be skittish, right? Is he going to be a little between the toe and that? Is he going to be a little antsy in the pocket or rattled if the bills can get early pressure? I, I love this. This has all the makings of a game that could blow up in my face, but I love this for the bills. I think they're ready. They didn't have a huge game offensively. They played in tough conditions against Baltimore. They got the job done. They've got Tredavious White to hopefully put on Tyreek Hill and try to neutralize some that weapon. Mahomes is banged up. This is a huge opportunity for the Bills. I think if the Bills come out and they play good football, I I, uh, I got them winning this game. For sure. And, yeah, I liked what you said about that, too. Could could you help us explain, like, where turf toe is? Turf toe is basically, like, so a sprain you- at the bottom of your big toe, right? Exactly. So your your big toe knuckle, first MTP. So on the bottom of that, basically. So think where your big toe starts to bend. There's a ton of ligaments and connective tissue there. You saw, and this is why I thought that he had turf toe. You saw it when he stepped back. It's basically a hyperextension injury. So that big toe gets jammed back. So the ligaments and the and the connective tissue on the bottom side get super stretched. Ligaments and connective tissue don't heal well. So think about like if someone sprains an MCL or someone sprains an ACL, you're looking at normally four to six weeks. So that turf toe is a sprain of those, of those ligaments of those, of that connective tissue. So he's going to play on it. But again, I mean, so if you guys aren't sure and you're not buying what I'm selling, tape your big toe so it can't bend back and then try to run or try to jump you. I mean, that's like, that's like the key to athletic movement. So I think it's on his left foot. So I think that helps him because he should be able to, if it was, I think he would have a hard time throwing because driving off that, off that right foot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know, was it, was it his left foot? I'm not sure on that. I should have checked. Uh, yeah. I need to do some more research on that, but, um, but yeah, it's super painful. He's not going to be able to run at full speed. There's, there's 0% chance. If you guys remember too, last year, Devonte Adams had turf toe. He's, he missed, I think six or seven games. This is something guys, Guys do not come back quick from this. This isn't a two, three, even four weeks. So he's going to be playing, at least from a lower body perspective, he's going to be playing at no more than 60%. I I mean, I I feel really good guaranteeing that. Yeah, if you were to rename Turf Toe, what would you call it so that it actually sounds more serious for – for those of us like dumb, dumb sports fans who don't really like we, yeah. I, cause when I said it last week, I was like, turf toe sounds silly, but yeah. I know for a fact it hurts like hell. Right. Probably. Uh, I don't, I don't know, man. Some like some sort of ligament sprain, like we, cause I think people get it like, Oh, okay. Like he sprained, he sprained his ACL or like, like, I mean, like a synonymous one is like the Achilles, you know, like Achilles, everyone immediately goes, Ooh, like that's a bad one. Um, sorry, I'm just filling some time here. Jaime froze on the screen and he's got like the most interesting face I've ever seen. So I'm excited to hear what he's got to say here in a sec. One. So basically, I'm, I mean, you could, you could name it anything. The, the anatomical structures that are being affected are the ligaments, um, at the first MTP on the plantar surface of the foot, which it just means the bottom of the foot. So, you know, ligaments hold bones together, right? So, the, you have ligaments that help keep that basically your your big toe connected to um, the the rest of your foot and and that's what's getting sprained so I think if you just called it a ligament sprain you say he's got a grade two ligament sprain to the to the foot maybe that would be a better way of, of people understanding and that 
again, not, I, I don't want to get bore you guys with an anatomy lesson here. Cause you guys didn't decide to study that for seven years. Cause you're not weird. But um, the point I'm making is these things take, they just take time to heal. Ligaments don't get a lot of blood flow. So you can't really, you can't really make them heal faster. Uh, you know, the, I, maybe he gets like a tortal injection injection or some cortisone into the big toe that, that could help numb the pain. And, and, and actually, I mean, that's probably what they'll do is they'll just shoot, shoot him forward full of Toradol and then maybe he can play through it. But I would, ex- I would definitely expect, I don't know what the prop bet is on Patrick Mahomes rushing yards, but if they haven't adjusted that line too much, maybe you go under there. Yeah. It's probably going to be like six. Yeah. Um, maybe this might be the next like Achilles, you know, where we can name this like the Mahomes toe if it really affects him so much. So he might yeah. have that going for him. Yeah, for sure. So Moral of the story, Mahomes is beat up. My pick's the Bills. T. Willie, who are you going with? I'm going Bills, too. Let's go, Buffalo. I've got them in my bracket. I've got them in my bracket that I'm already eliminated in, but it'd still feel good if I chose the winner. So, Also, rally caps on audience. I just – I think I said this before, but I want to go on record. If the – we will film and post me jumping off of a roof or a van or a pickup through a card table. That's that's a – I'm, 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 I'm ready to guarantee it. I'm on my fourth Michelob Ultra. I'm feeling frisky. Uh, yes. that's, a, that's a guarantee. So yes. give the people right. what they want. Yeah, Rally Caps on is like slowly becoming an official Buffalo Bills podcast. And if they win it all, we're, we're going all the way in. So I might get a little red stripe on the side of my head or something if they win. Ooh, you know, I like that. I like that. Get wild with it. All right, let's go to the next game. The, the game that... I originally wanted to make another bet on, but the longer this week goes on, the, the more I just cannot, I just can't do it, man. I, I, I got to go with Tom killer. Tom is going to take him down this weekend. Um, I, I don't have a ton of stats, you know, like I, I feel like now is the point where you kind of throw out the stats and you just look at this game and you say, who do I trust to win this game? And yes, Rogers has had the season. He's done incredible all year. Uh, but th- it comes down to it over and over again. Tom Brady is here year after year after year. And we keep saying this is the year he's going to slow down. This is the year he's not going to do it. This is the year he gets beat. It doesn't ever freaking happen. And he's going to keep doing it until he decides, until Tom himself decides that he's no longer going to be doing this. We can no longer bet against him. He is that good. And not, not that he's the one who, like, carries them to these victories, but a, a guy like him who's confident and experienced and he just, he just has all this stuff that you cannot put a number on and put a value to other than he will win this game because he can command his team and he can get them to play their best game at the right time. And so... I don't know if Rodgers is necessarily that guy. Rodgers strikes me as kind of like the flying solo independent guy. Like he's like that guy from like every like, like rom-com sports movie where like the dude's like kind of a tool, but he's a super talented guy and doesn't realize he needs his teammates more than he really does until he loses, you know? Yes. I don't know which movie that it's basically every sports movie, you know, like the the villain guy who's like the, who's got the hot chick at first and then he's got to shape up, right? He's got, yeah. And then he gets his ass kicked and then he finally realizes he needs his defense. He needs his, the rest of his team. Not, not, 
and again, I'm not saying that the Green Bay is not a very good team. Like they're, they're in this spot and they're playing at home for a reason. They've been the best team all season. But again, let's let's just look back at the last couple of years and let's let's go with Tom Brady, man. I'm I'm riding high on the Bucks this weekend. I, I like how we're both on the same page with our picks this week. We're not uh we're not like contemplate uh, not uh what's the word I'm looking for? You got me still? Yeah, sorry, we had a little pause in the action. Like, dude, like yeah. we're like not like <laughs> contradicting like at all, man. Like totally. Okay. Hey, we're we're back live. Uh, we had to pause it there because I had to pause it and ask Jaime what word I was looking for. Contradicting. We're not contradicting each other. Um. We're, we're riding on both the Bills and the Bucks to make it. And if the Bucks win, let's remember, they're playing at home for the Super Bowl. Huge. Yep. So, Heim, Heim give, us, give us a rundown on how you see this going. Yeah. So, you guys know that I'm TB12 all the way. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a good game. And, and Green Bay has a great team. Uh, for me, this is, this is less about Green Bay, and it's more about Tampa Bay. Also – kind of weird that we get a matchup of the bays i just yeah i just thought of that um and they're both not in the bay area very yeah very weird very very bizarre but hey that's uh i guess that's 2020 right so yeah so like i said we i i think both of us and 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 me definitely i've been out on the packers in terms of winning the nfc i just i don't think that they can that they can get that done um that's just that's just how i feel so i'm entitled to my opinion this is america uh, and I believe in Tom. And you know what? I think this is where in this age of analytics and numbers, some of the nerds forget that this is a game played by human beings. And you cannot, I get that Tom is older and I get that he's not necessarily carrying this team, right? So his last game at, at New Orleans, it's not, it's not that he won that game necessarily, but you cannot tell me that coming into this game, an NFC championship game where probably, I don't know the Bucks roster, but probably 75, 80% of them, if not more, have never been in this moment. You cannot tell me that it does not give them tremendous confidence knowing that their leader, the guy that's going to have his ball in the hands, it's like having your starting pitcher for game seven, and you know that he's won more game sevens in the history of baseball than yep. anybody else, and he's been here before. You know that Tom, listen, I don't know if he's going to play well, but he's not going to play poorly because he's nervous or the moment's too big. And mm -hmm that those guys in that locker room are not going to be feeding off that. And if you're, if you're a third year guy and this is your first run in the playoffs and you look and you see Tom Brady and you're thinking to himself yourself, wow, this is his 14th conference championship game. I think that's huge. And, and for Rogers, he's only got it done once in his career. So I, I mean, T Willie, I'll pose the question to you. I see this as massive pressure on Rogers for yes. Brady, if Brady wins, he's the underdog. He's 43 years old. He, they're not expected to win this game. For Rodgers, I mean, this is his legacy on the line. If Rodgers can only win one Super Bowl, you have to look at that career as a failure. Who do you – I mean, do you agree with me that, that there's a ton more pressure on Rodgers and the Packers in this game? Uh, yeah, for sure. And he's only gotten to one Super Bowl, isn't that right? Well, he's like, been one time, one time. Yes. Aaron Rodgers, a guy that we both consensus said is a top ten quarterback of all time, has only. Yeah, that's that's really he's daunting. Been to the Super Bowl one time. I mean, think think about that. Less 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 than Roethlisberger, less than Eli Manning. I mean, that that's a uh, yeah. That, that's that's as a many crazy as stat, many honestly. as Matt Ryan. 
Yep. Yeah. Think about that. Seriously. So yep. we'll we'll see for Rodgers, but I don't know, man. I'm I know Rodgers is great, but I'm not ready to to say that I expect him to just come out there and not be and not have the moment get too big for him. I, I, I don't necessarily think that's gonna happen, but I think it could happen. And and for those guys on the team too, they're gonna feel that pressure, right? They want to win for their leader and aside from the, for themselves. So I, I, I don't know. It's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Obviously this is me being a bit of a fan. I, I love, I just love Tom and I love what they're, what he's doing. Uh, so I'm rooting for them. I'm seeing it from that perspective, but I definitely think this is a game that they can win. Yes. I, be- I, I'm on board with you now. I, you've, you've convinced me over the last two weeks. And I'm, I'm tired of like hoping that Brady doesn't do it. You know, like I'm, I, I'm converted, you know, like it's, I'm going to make a big, a bulk order off the TB12 website. So just text me what color shirts you want. And I'll gotcha. Hold. I will. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. We'll do that after. I okay. need his handbook. Yeah. Okay. Um, Antonio Brown is out, but I honestly, the, like, I think Scotty Miller will fill his position just yep. fine. Yeah. I, I think that's not really, I mean, Antonio, if you would have said this two years ago, I would say this is like groundbreaking stuff, but Antonio is not as big of an impact player as he used to be. And they they've shown they were winning without him before. Plenty of weapons. Mike Evans, Godwin's, and Miller, Gronk, and Brait. Man, look, just just listen to me rattle those guys off. Fournette, Ronald Jones Jones might be healthy. He got another week to try to get right. So he's not even on the injury report. And we've also got uh, the only other notable name I'm seeing. uh, Kevin King, I believe, is the Packers' uh, second uh, DB, and he's been fairly good all year other i mean their their other guy is um zaire um alexander right yes and he is very very good but uh yeah you're you're gonna have a a maybe a third string db going up against tampa bay's number two and it's hard to decide whether you want to put your put him on evans or whether you want to put him on Godwin because because they're equally as as dangerous so I I think in the matchup wise Tampa Bay actually does match up a little bit better yeah so So do you do you think because I would think that Green Bay is going to put Jair Alexander on Godwin and then I I know it hasn't been a big part of their offense but Evans for the deep ball then potentially you know especially if they're if the second stringers is is injured there like these are the types of things too that I think Brady is that's how he sees the game and understands kind of on that next level where even though Evans has been kind of in the background and hasn't been targeted all year, if the, if the opportunity in the matchup presents itself, and that's something I do think he, he learned playing with Belichick for so long, exploiting the matchups, right? How do you get your weapons against their worst guys? So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about Jair. Does he normally, does he normally travel with the number one or is he got, is he a guy that stays kind of in his, his area? I'm not um, sure. I probably should know the answer to that, but I don't really. I know when they played against Tennessee, he was all over AJ Brown the whole time. Okay. Uh, so based on that, I think he does follow around their best guy. So that's so that's interesting then to to see who he's gonna who he's gonna pick up with. And and again too, Gronk, the Gronk. I know he's been blocking more so too, but again, this is a guy who. He's been in this situation before he he's tested. He's not the moments. He's not going to be nervous. The moment's not going to be too big for him. So yeah. I, I, I like what the, uh, what Tampa Brady and Tampa Bay can do here. Let's go. And the only other news in the NFL we got this week was if you guys didn't see this interview, you have to go right now 
to uh, I, I think I also posted it on our Instagram. What an electric interview from the new Lions head coach, Dan Campbell, a.k.a. the dude. So he literally has on his office, it says Dan Campbell. And then underneath it shows head coach slash the dude. So, you know, this guy is just a football guy, like to his core. So his first interview, I, I feel like I should be able to pull up like an actual segment of it. And I'll do that here so we can actually hear the actual interview. Because I felt like I knew this community. I played here. All right. Here's what I know. Just as an overall philosophy, you're going to say, well, what's this team going to be? What's it not going to be? Here's what I know. All right. I know that Detroit's made up of great people, some really good people. All right. This community is strong. Um, this place has been kicked. It's been battered. It's been bruised. And I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't. That uh, None of that matters. And you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit. So excuse my language. All right. Here's what I do know is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city. All right. And the city's been been down and it found a way to get up. All right. It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity. All right. And so this team's going to be built on uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right. And, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you before before long. We're they going to be the last one standing. Wow. OK, um, that was absolutely electric there from from Dan Campbell is are we concerned that he's a cannibal or. Is he just a, a football guy through and through? He's definitely a football guy, and he may have a cocaine problem. <laughs> when you when I first when he first comes onto the screen, the first thing I thought of was the old Dolphins coach that got caught doing cocaine yes. on a live video. It yeah. looks just like him. I was just like, wait a minute, this guy's like head coaching now. <laughs> what a comeback! Straight from straight from rehab to so this dude, this dude was freaking out during that during that press conference. So yeah, you could tell his voice was shaking a little bit towards the yeah. end. Like he was getting fired up. Like, am I sure of what I'm saying here is okay? Yeah. yeah, I I mean, Detroit man, we feel for you. I I would love. I I think we're all pulling for the city. Uh. But you you just gave you just gave the the dude from from Big Lebowski a six year contract and he's he's never been a head head coach before. T. Willie, I was thinking about this. Can you think of any like what are considered to be great or legendary coaches that have had um, like trademark or cliche press conferences? Because um, I I feel like all the you know Mike Vanderjack winning. You play to win the game, right? Like Dennis, not a very Denny good... Green, like yeah, Denny Green. You let him off the hook. You want to crown their ass? Then crown them. But like, not again, not not that great. So the point I'm making is, I feel like head coach of an NFL team, you don't necessarily need to be the most rah rah or cheerleader guy. 
I think it's much more CEO than it is. This guy seems like he's a great position coach and he's probably the dude that coaches the tight ends group like he has in the past and gets up and, you know, gets, gets the boys fired, fired up. He probably has like a, some ridiculous pregame ritual. Like this dude definitely snorts. He definitely snorts pre-workout in the, in the locker room with like a bunch of dudes hyping him on before the game. Right. Well, yeah. There's no chance. He's actually just mixing it into a water. Like he's firing that thing straight through his nostrils or he just like headbutts co- concrete slabs or uh, he, no, he's the guy that headbutts his, t- his players without his helmet on. Like yes. he's the guy that's just slamming his face into their face mask. Yes. So, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, he, 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 he had the one year where he was an interim coach for the dolphins and he addressed that in the press conference. He seemed pretty, you can't deny his passion, but he seemed pretty scattered. Personally, for me, I like my head coaches to be more cold, more calculated, uh, seemingly a little bit more in control maybe than this guy. He seems like he's going to be very up and down. And just you, you can attest this too as a player. I think sometimes for the head coach, when you are so emotional, that's really hard for your team because – you're up and down and and for as a player you need your you need your coach to be they need to be the steadying force they need to be level all the time so i the press conference was electric i, I mean it was it was great entertainment and i hope he does well but i don't know i am not optimistic on this i feel like this is going to end with him making like he's going to end up in a situation where he doesn't know the rules like some intricate nfl rule or he, he tries to challenge a situation that can't be challenged, something like that. It just, it's a massive, like massive uh, mess up basically that, that, that costs them a game early. I, I could see that happening with them. Yeah. I mean, just, just imagine their first like big time game of the season. I don't know if the lions have any like big time games of the season, <laughs> but imagine their first one of the year and they just get housed. I'm pulling yeah. up their schedule right now, but let's say they just get like put in the dirt, like 42, six, yeah. Like, this is not the guy that's going to be able to correct the ship if something like this happens. <laughs> yeah, like, I will. The we'll exact s- opposite of the the cool head in the room, as we can we'll, all tell. You know, we'll see. T. Willie, is this dude? Is he going to be? Is he going to coach in full pads? Is he going to have a helmet on on the, on the sidelines? I feel like he's got to practice in full pads at least. He's he's going to be like running reps as like the backup, like D tackle or something. I mean, if they. Throwing throwing chop blocks on his like D lineman. Runs out and he's the eleventh man. Yeah, you, I mean, I think he's gonna put himself on the roster, right? Like, it's it seems he's he seems ready to play. He yes. seems ready to play for sure. Speaking of his playing career, didn't you think it was weird? We both like looked up his career and he had like fourteen career catches in college. And then got drafted in the third round. And it was just like, wait, like he only had 14 more catches than me in college, which was zero. And this dude like went in the third round. Like he must have been one hell of a blocker. Like this guy had to have been like a straight mauler on the line. It's, it sounds like he was, uh, you know, just an, an incredible, an incredible blocking tight end. I, I don't remember, uh, I don't remember watching his playing career, but yeah, I thought, I thought the same thing. I mean, to be drafted in the third round out of Texas A&M when you catch literally a handful of passes as a tight end. uh, I mean, I know maybe in some ways that shows how much the game has evolved where, you know, the tight end is much is used much more uh, as a weapon in the offense now, but 
yeah, that, that caught my eye as, as suspicious. I, I don't know, man. I, I just think uh, this is one of those things where I, I don't know if this is a saying or if I'm making this up, but you're not trying to, that, well, there's a saying in sports, right? You're not trying to win the off season, right? If you win the off season, that's not the objective. And I think, I think sometimes with these coaches too, when you see them and they're trying to win the press conference, that to me, that's, they're, they're not directing the, like just think of Bill Belichick or even Andy Reid or you know Jim yeah. Harbaugh get up get any, down get out of there yep. right you know because they're so laser focused on the task at hand it's like they don't even have they're not putting the mental energy into the media right do you, or think, into, do you think he premeditated this speech to where he was he got into the kneecaps man I I don't know. I I, th- I honestly think he got a little carried away in the moment. I think he got out there and the juices started flowing. You can oh, see yeah. he was kind of like tearing up too. He was getting a little, he was getting emotional, which again, I, I'm all about that. I respect that. But I just think that's not, that's not a head coach. That's a, maybe a coordinator, probably a position coach. We'll see for the lions. You know, you give a guy a six year contract when he's never really been a head coach before. It's pretty typical lions. I, I mean, hope, Hopefully Matt Stafford really likes this guy. I don't. Maybe they have a relationship. I. I don't know. Um, yeah. We'll. We'll see. We'll see. We're gonna. He, I mean, hopefully he keeps up the press conferences. Yeah, he might find himself right after Marone. Once Marone. Um, so D- Doug Marone. Let, let's just streamline right into that. He uh, lost his job at the Jags this year. I didn't necessarily think any of that was his fault, but uh, he is now the O line coach at Bama. And Jaime and I were talking about it. And the first thing that like came to both of our minds was the infomercial that you see for like celebrity drug rehab when they get like, like you're beaten down, you've lost a (laughs) bunch of games as a coach. And now you made the, you made the announcement that you're going to go to rehab and you're going to, you're going to get like right the ship here. You're going to get right. And that's what Nick Saban and Bama is like for all of his like assistant coaches, like, he brings you in. He gets you. He gives you a nice little diet coke. When you, once you get once you walk in, you, you grab zero. a little. You grab a little ping pong paddle. You know, like <laughs> you, he introduces you to the rest of the guys there, and you, you have a good year. And obviously, you're gonna go 12 and one, 13 and zero, win a title. You're you're back on the winning train in a matter of like 10 to 12 months, and then you get you get to go right back into the market of being an NFL coach, which. Yep. Yep. I absolutely love how how Nick Saban is now like he's the rehab center for for these coaches, but it, it wouldn't be any I wouldn't have it any other way to have to have Saban. Uh, I, I mean that that could be like a straight like SNL skit, you know, like you just walk up, hey, all right, man, you you had a tough one. Let's let's get you back on track here. Here's a diet coke, and the the guys are inside. They're waiting to see you. You know, they they've been <laughs> excited that you're you're on your way. We were so excited when you announced you were going to come with us. I, right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. It's the, it's the rehab center. I mean, he took Nick Saban, just took Steve Sarkeesian who has pretty much sucked as a head coach everywhere he's been. I mean, right. He didn't win at UW. He didn't win at SC. He didn't win with the, what was he with the Falcons? I mean, he, and now he gets the job at he gets to be the head coach for University of Texas because he got because he had Najee Harris and five 
first round receivers on a college and the, yeah, team. And the greatest wide receiver of all time in college. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, and, and listen, I, I, I'm not an offensive, you know, you guys know I'm, I'm no like genius X's and O's with football, but I mean, shit, he's playing college football with seven first rounders on the offense. I mean, I sure hope he can put up 50 points on Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, like if he couldn't, I'd be a little concerned. So, so yeah, I mean, for Doug Marone, great career choice, man. Go to Tuscaloosa, drink some diet Cokes, Coke zeros with, with Saban, you know, get, you go. get, uh, get to coach. You'll just have the, you'll have all the best players. Everybody, every player on your team will be better than any of the starters on the other team. Yeah. And, and then people will talk about how innovative your schemes are, how you put them in there. Like, so I heard a take on Sarkeesian. Someone was saying how he, he did really good because the way he forces matchups, the way he creates matchups for his guys is next level. Who I else mean, are they going to match up? With? I mean, how are you not going to have a great matchup? You have, you have four first round receivers and you're playing South Carolina. Does yeah. South Carolina have seven dudes in the DB room that are like, ah, okay, how are we going to get, how are we going to get Smith onto the, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm garden Devante. You're right. Waddle. The, 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 <laughs> the minute you step on the field, every single player they can run out there is a mismatch. Yeah. Right. I mean, am I, am I crazy to think that? That's awesome. It's I just mean, yeah, like, there's maybe one other team that has like, some, sometimes I feel like guys that are second they overthink this SEC. too much. Oh yeah. yes. Yes. For sure. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, smart move, smart move from Marone. Um, yes, love it. He'll be back in the league in no time. Yeah, and Bama, by the way, like we mentioned this before too, but they have the bet, literally the best recruiting class in the history of college football coming in. So yeah, I mean, there's there's that. All right, I love it. I think that is all for tonight. Let's uh, go off and enjoy ourselves a weekend. I know we've got only three games left of this season. It's going to be a sad, sad parting, but it has every, all good things come to an end. Right. And uh, we've got more, more news coming with the NBA. We we didn't really talk about it tonight, but uh, Brooklyn, them and their defense is going to be a problem, but um, we'll, we'll get onto that in a little, on the next episode, we'll probably get in a little bit more NBA and we're going to finish that tiger documentary. I know we're slacking on that thing, but that's, that's what we do. You know, we're, we're working full time and we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Just patience guys. I mean, we're, we're giving you guys time to watch it and catch up with us. So just, uh, just hang on there with us. And we appreciate you guys. Uh, if you could uh, like us on Instagram, comment, give us, give us your takes, let us know what, what you got on ours and uh, let your friends know. They got to tune in. It's just two a week and you can, uh, you can knock these out while you're driving, while you're working out, while you're walking, while you're walking around the house, you know, you, you can get them from everywhere. So it's perfect for perfect little uh, podcast to get all your sports info on. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Guys, you know, if you're, if you're really pressed for time while you're eating dinner with your significant other, you hide an AirPod in the air, nod the head a couple times, but really you're just, getting the sports yep yeah you're getting your sports fix in all right guys have a great weekend and we will talk again on 
Monday slash Tuesday. We're, we're never quite sure, but they're going to get out there at the beginning of the week, and then we'll have another one that comes at the end of the week. We thank you guys, and have a great weekend.